For the first time since 2015, Iowa is back in the Big Ten Championship after winning an outright Big Ten West division title. Sort of a plot twist, but uh, we'll we'll dive into all that and more just based off the percentages, what we're going in today. But Sean Bach, David Eichel, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Really quick before we get started here. Uh, just a reminder, we have a Black Friday sale going on right now, 75% off an annual subscription at HawkeyeInsider.com. Get the most in-depth and complete Iowa Hawkeye coverage available. ton of stuff already up today, ton of stuff up from Iowa's win against Nebraska, and it's set to be an absolutely massive week for Iowa because with the win, they do no worse than a Rose Bowl appearance. So, Sean, let's just dive right into every, every detail. Uh, very much unexpected, I think, heading into this weekend with how we've seen Wisconsin sort of rolling, what we've seen out of Minnesota this season. And Iowa, we've talked all season long. They've just found ways to win. But, you know, sometimes the chips fall in in favor. And, I mean, in in reality, too, it's just as much of a shock factor, at least to me, that Iowa's not facing Ohio State. Instead, Michigan beating Ohio State pretty handily. Uh, It's going to be a very, very unique matchup, I think, in Indianapolis. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely interesting. I know we talked about it at the Big Ten Media Days back in July, being like, you know, anyone outside of Iowa or Ohio State, you know, maybe Wisconsin here or there, I think um, uh, Minnesota was getting some talk by some people. Obviously, Nebraska is going to get buzz every preseason, but it really seemed like Iowa and, you know, Iowa and Ohio State would be the would be the ones to go. And Throughout the season, it really looked like Ohio State. Ohio State really started to turn it on. Wisconsin was playing good football after a tough start. Um, Iowa obviously shot itself in the foot with those two losses to Purdue and Wisconsin. But, I mean, yeah, this is this is why you play the game. Um, you know, I think 20, however long ago it was, you know, like 20, 30 hours ago, I thought there would have yeah. been no way that this scenario would have happened. But – you know, things just play out that way. You know, when Iowa was down by double digits to Nebraska, nothing going their way. It looked like Nebraska was going to snap Iowa's win streak. You kind of thought, well, there's really no point to watching that game tomorrow um, against Minnesota, Wisconsin. Iowa comes back, and then you kind of think to yourself, okay, like Wisconsin has been, you know, as I think came coming into this game, had beaten uh, Minnesota 16 of the last 17 times outside of either the 2018 or 2019 season. And – you know, you kind of see that game, you're kind of like, okay, Wisconsin's playing really good football, but Minnesota comes out and just plays very well. Obviously, Wisconsin gave them some gifts. Offense wasn't really clicking, um, and things weren't really going their way. And then, you know, once they hit the fourth quarter, you're kind of like, wow, like Iowa actually has a shot of doing this. And, you know, that's that's what happened. And, you know, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy to think, you know, the – the swing that has happened yeah. in the last 30 hours without a doubt. I think once, once Minnesota took that 20 to 13 lead, that's when it really started to set in like, okay, I think Iowa has a legitimate shot. And you know, the reason being Sean, when you look at watch the game, I mean, Minnesota held Braylon Allen made him look human. I mean, I think you got to give the Minnesota defense a lot of credit for what they did. 47 yards on 17 carries and they made Graham Mertz throw the football. And in reality, that's what we've said all year long, at least when, you know, Iowa faced off against Wisconsin is you can't let the running game beat you. You've got to make Graham Mertz beat you. And I thought it was a great game plan by P.J. Fleck. I thought uh, Marquis serving 
And Kai Thomas did a great job in the backfield for Minnesota. The offensive line got push and they found a way to they just, they, they thoroughly physically dominated uh, Wisconsin team, which kind of, I think was still downward trending. I mean, you look at last, last week against Nebraska. Yeah. They got the job done. Braylon Allen did really, really well, but that defense just did not look the same as it had all year. And I think that was a big part of it, but uh, flipping over back to the Iowa side of things, Sean, I mean, I, I wrote in my column post game after the Nebraska game was far from flawless, but they find ways to win. And that's such an undervalued skill. When you look at, you know, for Iowa, for example, you have the 124th ranked offense in the country, right? You, they score 61 points in the past two games, only two of the touchdowns and two, you know, 14 points came from the offense. Otherwise it's been eight field goals, the pick six, the punt block, the kickoff return. <laughs> and this is a team that's 10 and two and now going to a big 10 title against a Michigan team, which thoroughly, thoroughly handled, handled Ohio state, uh, Hassan Haskins, five touchdowns. I thought he was tremendous. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a problem. And I'm very interested to see how Iowa really tries to attack that matchup with what they got there. I mean, I thought Michigan's defensive line was outstanding today. I thought their defense was good. There were some openings in the passing game as well, but Michigan just thoroughly handed it to Ohio state and they're riding a high right now. And they're going to be playing for a college football playoff appearance. So everything's still on the table. And obviously we'll break this down a lot more as the week goes on, but you know, Sean, I I picked preseason. I picked Iowa and two, I did pick Wisconsin to win the West and it, uh, Again, it's just it's such a unique team. I think it's really a case study sort of team. And I think what we've seen throughout the past few days and the past few weeks is how important is special teams? I mean, where would I, this Iowa team be without LeVar Woods and without every single player buying in the special teams? You know, I mean, Henry Marquez, the, the, the block punt, he held the block for Charlie Jones return touchdown. Caleb Shudak making eight field goals, for, I think four of which were from 48 yards or more. I mean, this Iowa team is so perfectly constructed in its own weird way that they just find ways to win games. And again, I think you got to give LeVar Woods a lot of credit. And I think ultimately you got to give Iowa and Kirk Ferentz a ton of credit because it would have been easy to throw in the towel after the back-to-back losses. But, you know, whether the games have been close or not these past four weeks, they've come out and they've handled their business and that's why they're going back to Indy. Yeah. You know, a lot of things, like I said before, a lot of things had to go their way. And, you know, that's when it comes down to, you know, playing smart football, playing intelligent football. I know, you know, it's not the sexiest product on the field at times. Obviously, that was the case yesterday against Nebraska. But, you know, that's little mistakes can really make a whole difference. And I know that's a cliche. Obviously, you've seen that with Nebraska this year and some of the difficulties that they've had and the ways they've shot their, themselves in the foot and, you know, this Iowa team just really hasn't done that. There, you know, there's been a couple of mishaps here and there, obviously, offensive play. You'd like to see that pick up a little bit at times, but there's been plenty of moments where, you know, I don't know, I can't really name a lot of other teams in college football that would make the certain plays that this Iowa team would make. And, you know, the level of importance that they, that they you know, lock in on those little things makes, makes a heck of a difference. And that you know, was the difference in them winning a Big Ten West compared to some of these other teams that, you know, they that they beat this year. And, um, you know, it's this team, obviously, on paper may not be the most talented team in the Kirk Ferentz era. I, I don't think, you know, obviously, I think Tyler Goodson, Tyler Linderbaum, those two guys are going to be NFL players, um, you know, and there's plenty others on defense as well. But, you know, this 
they just do the little things right. And obviously a little luck, a little luck here and there, but you know, there was just things that happened, just the intangibles that this team played with. And, you know, special teams is the most important. I think personally, I think defense is up there as well, but I think special teams is probably the most important part of the football game, especially when you're a team like Iowa who may not have that most consistent offense. You need a weapon that's going to be able to flip the field. You need a special team that's going to be able to make plays. And this is what that group has. Will it be the difference against Michigan? Maybe. But, you know, this talent, I think this Michigan team might be the most talented team that Iowa plays this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I I agree with you on that, too. I mean, this Michigan team, I think you got to give Harbaugh a lot of credit. I mean, this is a guy who's back against the wall. I mean, they lose to Michigan State. You know, everybody's kind of – the Michigan fan base is really calling for his head. And basically, if he didn't beat Ohio State, what would have happened there? Uh, but they came out, they held their business. But, Sean, I do want to attack this storyline really quick before we wrap this up. Quarterback, I think it's pretty easy who's going to start uh, against Michigan on Saturday. I'm, I'm curious about your take. I, I think you have to throw in Spencer Petras after the way he came in against Nebraska, handled his business. I thought he handled the offense well. Again, I know Tyler Goodson was a huge spark, especially that 55-yard run. But Petrus had some plays where I actually thought he looked a little bit more mobile than he had almost all season. He threw a couple passes right on the money. And with Alex Padilla, not that he came back down to earth or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that. But the team just operated differently. I think Petrus came in and brought in a little bit more of a spark. And, you know, talking to him post game, he just said, look, I got a new appreciation for being out there now and starting. Not that he took it for granted, but after, you know, sitting on the bench for a few weeks, he, he took it for, you know, he, he's back out there. I think there's a new sort of renewed energy. And the reality is now there's chips on the table. Now it's Iowa's for the taking. If they want to go back to the Rose Bowl, they got to beat Michigan. And uh, I think Petrus is going to be the guy just based off equity more than anything else. Yeah, I think so too. And I think Iowa, obviously, Brian parents talked about the luxury of having two quarterbacks they feel comfortable with. Um, but I think Petrus is also the guy. I think Padilla, I think there's a lot to like about what he brings. And, you know, I like what he's done when he's been out there. But, yeah, I think Petrus, you know, based off experience and just based off of, you know, this being on the big stage, I think he's the guy you go with. Now, that may not be the popular answer. I think Padilla, you know, brings a lot of good things too. But, yeah, I mean, I – I w- I'm curious to know if there is much of a quarterback battle. I don't think Iowa is going to talk about who the starter is until Saturday. Yeah. Because why do that? Especially when you have the advantage of, you know, not naming a starter. So I think they'll probably keep it pretty close to the vest. Won't be released. Maybe it is. Maybe they feel so confident about Spencer that they do say something. But I imagine it just being kind of hush-hush throughout the week and, you know, obviously message board rumors and we'll keep you posted on anything we hear, but um, you know, why, why release anything to the public? If you have the luxury of having those two quarterbacks that you can, you know, that make, that makes Michigan game plan for both of them. Yeah, exactly. I think Brian Ferentz said it a couple weeks ago too, is we want to keep them guessing. Why, why not? Why not be coy with it? And I think that's exactly what they should do because look, the reality is Michigan's going to be double digit favorites. I think that they enter in as 15 and a half point favorites entering this one, especially fresh off the win against Ohio State. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But like you said, Sean, we'll, we'll keep everybody in in tune at uh, HawkeyeInsider.com. I mean, we're going to have preview pieces up all week. And, again, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Kirk Ferentz and the way the team rallied back. It's Iowa's 
uh, fourth 10 win regular season under the Kirk, under the Kirk Ferentz regime. And uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess we're going to Indy. So it, it should be a good time. Uh, you know, and, and keep in mind this too, Sean, remember Iowa was supposed to play Michigan last year during champions week, but there were COVID issues in Michigan's program. So not that there's any bad blood there, but it's just kind of interesting how it sort of foreshadowed uh, what's going on now. But, uh, you know, I, I think a big deal to me, Sean, is is Iowa going to have Matt Hankins back? Are they going to have Terry Roberts back? And I think, you know, not that Jamari Harris has done a poor job. I actually thought he did some really good things against Nebraska. But are those guys going to be back? How healthy is Iowa going to be heading into this one? Mason Richmond obviously is back. Does he get the start or are they going to go with Nick DeYoung or, or Jack Plum? Which one, you know, which two of the three? So I do think there's a lot of interesting factoids to factor in, but I'll say this. If Brian Ferentz really wants to, and not that he cares, but if Brian Ferentz wants to earn the equity of Iowa fans right now, put together the best game plan of your career and go out and somehow beat Michigan. Yeah. And it starts with the offensive line too. That's going to be one of the big storylines throughout the week is the, uh, is the offensive line play against those two guys on the on the uh, on the edge for Michigan? Aiden Hutchinson, I think his name is David Abajo. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say his name. Um, those two guys are beasts. Lead the Big Ten in, in sacks, and you know Iowa's had issues on the at the tackle position throughout the year, and you know this is going to be where it all comes down to. You've seen improvement, but there's still some questions that need to be answered with this with this offensive line unit and. You know, what better way to do it than go up against two of the best in the country. So yeah. Friday or Saturday will definitely be definitely be interesting from that perspective. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson just broke the single season record uh, for sacks at Michigan today, too. He had three against Ohio State, so he's at 13 on the season. I mean, this is a guy that's going to go top five in the NFL draft. So it, 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 it should be a fun matchup. Like I said, Sean and I are going to break down everything more in depth over the course of the week. It should be a great time. Again, HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SBOC247, at David Eichel, at Hawkeyes on 247. And be sure to check out our Black Friday special. Get 75% off an annual subscription for the most in-depth and complete aisle coverage available. Uh, we'll talk to you in a few days, and uh, let's get prepared for Indy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.